often say our frontline people are the experts. It doesn't matter what work we do. The people doing the work are the experts. So you want to you want to give them a voice to provide feedback, right? But the big part of that is you got to make it safe for them. You want them to feel like I can bring this to anybody in the organization and they're going to act on it. Our people want to do a great job. They want to know that we value their opinion and that their work is valued. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan. I am your episode host. And today I welcome back NCG coach Jim Bradley for the final episode in this introductory lean podcast series. This time we're discussing the culture factor. Continuous improvement efforts that come with the lean concept can only succeed when they become part of your organization's culture or the way we do things around here. It's one thing to want to implement a change, to hold a Kaizen event, to highlight value add or value waste, but how do you sustain? It requires a continuous improvement culture or CI culture, as you'll hear us refer to, that is fully embraced by the entire organization at every level. On today's episode, Jim shares his recommendations on how to breathe CI culture into your organization. From leadership commitments to employee empowerment ideas, communication needs, and integrated improvement solutions that will be the key to helping master the culture transformation. I want to personally thank Jim Bradley for joining me throughout this Lean Podcast series over the last several months. It's not only been informative and fun, but impactful with tangible takeaways and ideas that many of our clients have begun to implement within their organizations. Stay tuned for more episodes from Jim in the future. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, Jim Bradley, welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm good, Molly. How are you? We're back. I am I'm great. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here with you for our sixth episode and our final episode of the Lean series. Although I just said to you before we started recording, I'm sure we'll be back talking about Lean in some some capacity in future episodes. But I think this is a really great episode to kind of cap off the, the focused Lean uh, discussion over the last several months. I think we started this in October of 2022. And here we are bringing yes. it into May. Yeah, I think it went it went very nicely sequential order. Yeah. So it's a nice path to follow. It's been really totally and it's been really great to hear um when we've mentioned this before just feedback uh from clients and from listeners who are listening to the podcast or who are having conversations with you or their or their or their coaches um around implementing um some of the lean tools within their operations. Um you know you were just saying to me, you just um, ran a field generals uh, peer group this past week with Connell Moraney, and you guys were talking about Tim Woods in that in that peer group. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so Connell, Connell participated at the Grand Summit in the presentation with me as well, because mm-hmm. he has like real life experience application to the trades and like these concepts. And so Connell was running the field general peer group this week and I participated with him and we we um we talked about Tim Woods and 
And then Connell actually did something pretty cool. He assigned them all homework to go back and identify areas of waste within their own operations and bring it back to the group during the call next month. Um, and it, I thought it was a great idea because it's really going to get them engaged and looking through that lens we always talk about. Totally. That, that lean lens, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. It's just a really um, great example of um, application of of this concept and kind of, I think, have taken taking this this podcast series and bringing it to life within different different groups. Um, so let's, let's dive in, let's bring it, let's bring it all home. So this, the sixth episode is really about implementing a culture of continuous improvement, because at the end of the day, if you are applying lean tools or applying the lens of lean, you're looking to make change in some way. You're looking to identify an opportunity to create change, which in my mind, if we're looking to change, to improve, that's continuous improvement, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, we, we just, we went through the series, a bunch of building blocks, but really what it comes down to is implementing a culture of continuous improvement, right? So when I say that, what I mean is like, it's only going to succeed if um, it becomes a part of the organization's culture, right? And um, the way we do things. So we often tell our clients, especially when they're coming on board was like, let's define your way. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to make this a part of your way. And then it takes on a life of its own within the company. Why do you see that, especially when you say, um, when you ask a company to define their way? So, you know, the Nolan Consulting Group way of operating or the Nolan Painting way of operating. Why do you see that as being so important as part of the culture component? Yeah, because it's really, it's tied to the vision, right? That the leadership sets, uh, you know, the culture is directly related to the way we make decisions, the way we respond to things, the way we act and conduct our, our behaviors and our, our responsibilities. Um, but continuous improvement is really no different than safety or customer service or associate engagement, right? So like we hear a lot of clients talk about the culture around those components because uh, safety can get really expensive. People can get hurt. Uh, customer service is a direct impact to our, our bottom line. And social engagement turnover is a big problem. But when you do the continuous improvement initiatives, um, that's constantly working on improving the business, the customer experience and getting employees engaged. How do you sustain it all. I mean, so, I mean, it's probably fair, fair to assume or safe to say that most folks who are listening to this episode right now are people who believe in the concept of continuous improvement, um, who are looking to learn more, you know, to, to improve, to get better. Um, so we think we, we all recognize that it's important, but how do you sustain that? Because gosh, it sounds like it could also be exhausting right if you're always looking to be doing more to change yeah yeah so it's sustaining is like everything right just like safety we want to sustain a good safety culture um, most companies have continuous improvement tools to some degree right they mm -hmm. we, we actually always work on improving things but the culture aspect is what i would say is in the dna of the company 
Right? Okay. So culture is the DNA of the company. So um, it really, it's these tools allow us to synchronize and orchestrate the, the, the elements of effective leadership, uh, improvement methods, leverage technologies, all working towards providing a good customer service product and doing it effectively with a cost mentality in mind. So, and it, I, I would assume that because it bec- when it becomes culture too, I mean, anybody who you're bringing on to your organization, maybe make it known. We are a continuous improvement organization. We are always looking at the way we are doing things and what can be done to make them better. I mean, give people the awareness that uh, change is just a part of what the part of life at that at your company and um, embrace adaptability because a lot of us are pretty stubborn Jim a lot of us don't always like change (laughs) so you know getting your team really aware that this is just what we do I feel like that's a critical piece of it all right yeah no Molly you bring up a great point so a lot of people push back on change Mm -hmm. Uh, change can be scary for some people so a big part of like developing the right culture is making it safe, right? So like, I couldn't tell you, there, there's so many, and we're gonna, we'll touch on this in a moment, but there's so many of our people out there that have ideas that are afraid to share them. They're afraid of like getting shot down or or just like someone not listening to them. Um, it's, it's extremely important, right? So like it's, I like to use the term integration. So we, we develop, we do leadership development. We do uh, we develop like procedures, document things. We need to integrate all of them together, and then like you know, the culture takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. So if we develop a continuous improvement culture, that becomes a part of the overall culture of the organization because you're not it's not one or the other. You're going to have a continuous improvement focus. You're going to have a safety focus. You're going to have a engagement focus. So it's really just integrating them all together and synergies between every one of them. Which I feel like relates a lot back to our last episode. We were talking about like control tools. So finding ways to um, keep the success of the change that was implemented through a Kaizen event or or something, um, you know, whether it's quarterly themes or KPIs, um, there were the smart goals, a bunch of value stream mapping, a bunch of things we talked about. So this is almost, this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the larger picture of it all, right? This this uh, CI culture is what allows the control tools to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. So like your, your the control plans tools that we went over on our last yeah. segment is what enables the culture to be sustainable. Okay. So help helps drive the culture, right? And keep it within the lane. All right. So like, you know, some of those tools help us keep score. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. Are we being effective? Do we have to pivot? Um, but yeah, so like the culture, the control plans are in place to help with that. But the culture is looking at like the, the 35,000 foot view of how as leaders are we going to drive this down to the front line to where it's just completely horizontal. So what um, what are the factors there? What are the factors for creating a culture of continuous improvement? 
Yeah, so we have, I, I like to use the term uh, critical success factors, right? Okay. So I think I have about eight of them that we're going to go over, um, starting with uh, probably leadership commitment, which is, you know, leadership commitment is um, the number one determining factor if you're going to have a successful continuous improvement program, right? So engaged leadership is really what's going to kick this off. And when I when I say like engage, it's critical that um, in our world that the owners are enthusiastic and energized by everything to do with it, right? No different than they would if it was safety and they had a safety problem. Um, True. Recognize it in the same way. Question there. If you are an owner um, and let's say you recognize that there needs to be a leadership leadership commitment for CI, for all the different departments, but gosh, some departments are just more exciting to you than others. Um, and so maybe you you know that safety is important, but you're not passionate about safety. This is a moment where you gotta you gotta put on that that face, right? Like you need to, regardless of how passionate you are as a leader, and maybe safety is not a good um, example because we should all be passionate about safety. Um, but maybe it's an operational thing. And gosh, you're an owner who just loves sales. You got into the business because you're a really great salesperson and you, you know, the operation side is not, not as fun for you, but you as a leader, as the owner of the business have to recognize the importance of putting emphasis and passion, passion around operations. So is this a moment where you just say, step up to the plate, regardless of whether or not you love it? Yeah, absolutely. I know you great, great point. So what do Many of our clients have things that they are like the experts at or the specialists, right? Yeah, yeah. Often it's the business development, the sales. Um, but yeah, you you have to, uh, I don't want to say put on a mask, but I think it defaults to leadership, right? So it falls in your responsibility. You got to be the leader, right? So fall back on what your core values are or what your uh, strategic intent is. And know that this is something that you play a role in driving to mm -hmm. reach our objectives, whether it's superior service products, profitability, uh, or just taking care of our, our own workforce. Yeah, because, right, I mean, at the end of the day, every department plays a critical role in the big picture of the organization's success. So you have to represent and push change in all of those departments. Everybody's connected. And everybody's, everybody's connected. Work, every, everybody's connected and everybody's working towards the same goal. Yep. But that, that That's the role of the leader, right? Like you got to get that cohesion amongst groups, departments driving for results. And that, that, that is the, the role that they play every day anyway, right? Like how often do we get, how often do we get departments pointing to thing, estimating, pointing at operations, operations oh, yeah. saying, Hey, you didn't give me enough hours. And like, so this is the type of stuff that flushes that out and gets us all on the same page. So, yeah, and it's almost, this is like the the second one I think you um, want to hit on here. It's almost like the flip side of it. So leadership commitment, but then how do you get everybody else committed to change? Yeah, so uh, as the leader, you got energy and enthusiasm, right? Next, it's just communication. Communicate regularly. Your goal is to get the buy-in from every part of the organization, right? And you want to talk about the benefits of the continuous improvement program, 
and all the opportunities that you have. Um, but just a good cadence of communicating, I think making it visual is, at least from my experience, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, like we used to, you know, we had scoreboards for everything, right? We had posters, we had email blasts, um, daily huddles where we we would say, hey, or, you know, like much like you would with a safety reminder, you would say, hey, continuous improvement, you know, keep track of how much you're walking around empty handed or, or just sitting idle. Um, so that type of rhythm will really uh, allow teams to fall into rhythm with understanding their responsibility for the program. And don't they say if you're a leader, you need to communicate 10 times more than you think you already have? Because a lot of the times you think you've communicated enough. Most often times you haven't. And so yeah, that's I, that's I, a big I, one. And I, I, we've pushed that on several episodes, but this fits right into it. Yeah, definitely. You got to be obnoxious with it, right? Yep. Like if you're tired of hearing yourself as a leader talk about it, it's still not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Overkill. It was a long way. So you and you have leadership commitment. You are communicating regularly. You're looking for that buy-in. But then how do you how do you show the team that that change is, is welcomed and is, you know, where, where are you looking for that change? Yeah. So I, I are often say our frontline people are the experts. It doesn't matter what business we're in. Right. So I have pretty extensive op, uh, manufacturing and transportation background, but it doesn't matter what work we do. The people doing the work are the experts. So you want to, you want to give them a voice to provide feedback, right? But the big part of that is you got to make it safe for them. Um, you want them to feel like I can bring this to anybody in the organization and they're going to act on it, right? So it may not go anywhere, but at least it was vetted properly and you showed that as associate that you had interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, dirty experts are, are people want to do a great job, right? They want to know that we value their opinion and that their work is valued. That's a big one. And I, I can see that that's got to be um, somewhat of a um, a lacking area in a lot of organizations where we are not asking enough feedback on how processes are working from those who are in it every day. Yeah. And it, it goes to like, as an owner, you got to go to where you got to go to where they are. Go visit job sites and talk to them and observe and notice things and then ask questions. And then at the same time, you're making yourself available to them to bring things to you. Right. But mm-hmm. like, I think that's where a lot of people miss it. They don't go to where the work is. You have to go to where the work is. Yeah. And as an owner, you can't always do that. Well, like get, get on it. Like I'm, I'm working with a couple of clients now, set a day a month that you go do it. It's progress, right? And mm-hmm. you'll catch some momentum of the things you're seeing. Now you're like, I better start doing this a little more or bring more people in the loop, right? And by by doing that too, I mean, obviously you're showing that they're, that those individuals provide value. You're asking them questions. But at the same time, um, and this is kind of moving into your your next concept here, you're empowering them to probably want to give more, want to say more, want to do more. Yeah. 
Yeah, so empower your associates. So in my experience, it, it, it's contagious. Once a employee finds something that makes a big impact for the company and they know they saved the company some money, they're just always on the Easter egg hunt of looking for that next opportunity, right? So like they got the awareness. It's like they changed at how they look at things, okay? Mm -hmm. But there's a, uh, there's a book that, that's out there. It's called Two Second Lean, a gentleman named Paul Akers wrote it. It's a great book to give people a good understanding, but this guy runs a manufacturing company and he was just a business owner. And then like he, he caught the bug of continuous improvement. But like what's great about like empowering associates is he walks around his plant once, once a week and to every department where there's people and he asks them what was their improvement initiative for that week. And it, it, there's videos on, it's pretty cool. He's walking around and like, he just walks up and then they come to him. This is where we're at on this. This is what we're doing. We can do the same things on our job sites, whether it's painting, excavating, uh, electrical, plumbing. Um, our people want to do that. Interesting. So people were coming up to him to share ideas as opposed to hiding when he was coming around. Like they want, like they wanted to be, they, they had a direct face-to-face -face with somebody in charge, right? Absolutely. And so like, again, there, there was cadence there. They knew he was going to come around some point yeah. during the week. And, but they, you know, and I'd, I'd share the videos with anyone that's interested, but like the excitement of the associates and the impact that they make is drastic. Um, and if we can get our people doing that, that's like, that's a burden off you as an owner. Right. And that's culture taking over on its own, right? It's starting to go on autopilot. And I would imagine that by doing things like this, having more interaction one-on-one -on -one with employees, you're also going to find and see potential in employees that you didn't need, weren't even aware of that may have really great career development opportunities within your organization and just needed a chance to, to be able to share an idea. That's it, right? So like, the, I, I always like, think about like, if I find that one person that was extremely passionate about it, that's someone I'm going to invest in to do some more training with where he can start impacting more people, more departments. Yeah. He's passionate about it, you know, or the red thread, right. That we often talk about, like it's something that he's into. Yeah. You just, it, it can be, you know, I can't, I we can't guarantee that they're everywhere, but I, where I am sure that there are people listening, um, who have folks on their team who they don't know are going to make substantial impact to their business. They just need some opportunities just to, to be, to be involved. Right. Right. And, you know, so, um, let's move into this, this next, um, one that you have, you, you say, emphasize the importance of small incremental improvements, which I think is big because a lot of us sometimes think, um, this is a, such, such a small idea. This is not going to change anything. And so I might not share it, but you don't have to come to the table with massive ideas all the time. Right? No, actually that can hurt you. Right? Like, and I was there at one point in my career, always looking for the home run. Right. Or like, if this isn't saving this much money, I don't know if we want to get all our resources focused on. Is it worth it? Is, is it, it worth, worth it? it yeah. Right. Or are we in a fire? Are we constant? We're, we're always in fires. 
right? So there, there's some discipline here, but like the low hanging opportunities add up, right? So like I've been working with a client of ours and just like as we started, we're, every, we're looking at the P&L, we're finding opportunity areas. And then you're just like keeping track of everything. And you're just like, wow, you can see how this is starting to add up. Mm-hmm. Now, and you can see their, their gross profit climbing up, cost of goods going down. Um, but it was a series of different things. You know, it wasn't one home run that really made the drastic impact. Yeah. Right? But they are out there. There's home runs out there. There are definitely home runs out there, but you're, you're oh. right. And I, I mean, I see that myself just within our within our our own company. At, you know, at NCG, we have brought on new team members. You know, several, including yourself, Jim. You know, in the past year, um, but we've you know we've two more recent team members who came on in the last um, couple months, and even they they pick up and share things that we or you know myself or others didn't see before and i'm like that's a really good idea i don't know i don't know why we we've done it this way we just always have but your idea is really good and let's let's see how it works out um and because we're always open to to process change um sometimes others more than others or sometimes at different at different times we're more open to it um we're, we're, you know, we're the same type of people as everyone out there who's listening. Sometimes we are open to change. Sometimes some of us are a little bit more stubborn to it, but I think it's being open to the, the awareness that people have things to share and let them share it no matter how long they've been at your company, whether they've been there for five years, 10 years, a month, if creating that space where they're, that they feel open to share some feedback is huge. Yeah. So it goes back to that, the one we just talked about, empowering people. Yeah. We're making it a safe place, right? So like we have two new team members that felt comfortable right away to start mm-hmm. saying, hey, r- raising a flag on something. I think we could do this better. Yeah. You know, and another part of like the small incremental things is like everything doesn't have to be a large project. Right. Like it's, it doesn't got to be something that goes on for weeks or even like five days. There's like much like the example I gave with the Paul Akers walking around this plant is like these teams are together all the time working together. Like they could be working on stuff on their own every day. Right. And it could be something really simple. Like they just noticed that if they, they set their materials in a different place, staging area that they have a much greater impact on their efficiency of the job. Right. You don't need a big project for that. That's something they did on their own that was, it's going to be measurable for them. Yeah. And so what, you know, I'll kind of follow up on that. What's the process for that? So if they made a, a small change that and what didn't, wasn't a huge project, but we do want to make sure that we document that change, right? So that if a small change in when we one crew that saw impact, that, that it will be shared amongst other teams as well so that we're not just doing a small change and not telling everybody else about it that it's being documented somewhere and then rolled out yeah so great point the uh so i in my career i worked for a company where we had several plants and we were like we were continuous improvement driven like the leadership there really embraced the culture and invested in it um when one plant had a success we documented it and we made sure every other plant knew about it, right? Because we all did the same stuff. 
Mm-hmm. So like in our world, if we have crews doing our work, although the, the locations are different and that some of the details are different, but overall we're doing a lot of the same stuff. So we, we it's important to share the ideas. So like that's a big component of it, whether it's um, we use visuals uh, or we, we meetings with crew leaders talking about it or leadership talking about it or emails between departments um but like integration again effectively integrated to everybody right because we had a key learning from some particular team or department um that could really benefit everyone this this is on topic but maybe a little bit off but did you in that kind of environment did you guys ever measure um or do any analysis on what was the best what was the most effective way of sharing and rolling out those the new changes? Like did did visuals work better than email blasts or did like company announcements work better than um, the monthly meetings? Because like, I, I, I often wonder, you know, what is sometimes the most effective way to to roll out and communicate some form of change? Yeah, visuals. So visuals were always the best, right? Okay. So whether it was a, some type of uh, communication board or like a a quick presentation on what the team did and you shared it with everybody. So when I do Kaizen events, I'll often like document them in a uh, PowerPoint. Okay. So, and I think I shared that with you one time where yes, we can did. share that with many different people. Um, you know, the, so I, visual is great. The quarterly theme process that we talked about often is huge. Because there's a lot of communication in that. There's a lot of keeping score. There's a lot of celebrating things. Um, so like the, in our next point, celebrate results. That is key to your your question is like, how do we get other people involved and understanding? People see the celebrations. They see the positives coming out of it for sure. Now, who's, whose job is to throw to throw the celebration, to throw the party? <laughs> Yeah. So leadership. So yeah. in, in all my experience, it's leadership, right? And actually I was on the phone with a client yesterday and they, they, they've been working on this type of stuff and they developed a program and the first month happened and we had a winner. And yesterday we spent a decent amount of time talking about how to make it very special for that person nice. in front of everybody. Right. Um, I think a good idea as well, Molly, is, it doesn't matter how big your organization is. Like I use the term steering committee, but a continuous improvement steering committee is great. Yeah. Cause they're like the quarterback that is responsible for running. You know what I mean? Like everybody's doing a lot of initiatives that'll help an owner, but like there, there's a, a committee that steers the, the culture who would also be responsible for like celebrating recognition, different things. I actually kind of love, I love that, that name, the, like the continuous improvement steering committee or the CI, this, the CI committee, because it's almost, it's a more impactful and valuable name for a, a group of folks who are really helping to drive culture as opposed to the party planning committee, the, the special yeah. events committee. I mean, most organizations have some form of that or have somebody in charge who have, who plans the company events and the company parties. And those people um, are very valuable because they, they, it's a lot of logistics and details that 
has to be taken on for for the company to to feel to feel that specialness in the moment. But yeah. I I love almost rethinking that as being like the CI committee because part of those celebrations are a big part of that continuous improvement culture, right? Yeah. So I the way I would operate is if I depending on the size of the company. So like I'm an owner and I know I have a management team. My continuous improvement steering committee would be like a member of management, a member of the front line, someone mid-level. Yep. Right. And I meet with them as an owner to talk about how we're making out, what's our progression looking like. Right. So it, it, it relieves some of the burden off the owner to where the owner can just visit job sites as his role and talk about it all the time and like, you know, follow up and, you know, help the steering committee make impactful decisions on how yeah. to proceed on things or prioritize. Yeah. Giving, giving their input from, you know, firsthand what they, what they are seeing actually happening. Right. right. I love that CI, CI steering committees. Hopefully we start seeing some of those, uh, those pop up within the clients that we work with. Um, all right. What's number eight here, Jim? Yeah. So encourage participation by keeping it simple. Right. So we, we've talked about this from the beginning of talking about lean principles. It's, it's intimidating. People misunderstand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people hear the word lean and they think it's all about cutting stuff where it's yeah. quite the opposite. Um, boy, you, you cannot make it overly complex. Right. So there is a world of tools out there. But I think what we've been successful with with this podcast series is like we we painted a path and we provided the tools that are going to benefit most. Um, so keep it simple. Don't don't try to overcomplicate it. Um, there's another portion of lean that is six sigma, and that's statistics. We do not need to go anywhere near there. Okay. Um, so like you, you don't want it. Like what happens is like people people love learning about this stuff. They love reading about it. They really get into it, but they can get in the weeds on their own. All right. So like I had a couple of people ask me about books that recommended reading. And like, I'm like two second leans, a great one because I know that that will keep you out of the weeds of like starting to track like statistical data and everything. Yeah. So keep yeah, it simple to the front line. Sometimes you get yourself too, too buried in the weeds that you actually become overwhelmed and you give up because you're like, this is just not going to work for our organization. This is too complicated versus the way you're right. We've approached this. Um, and kudos, I mean, kudos to you because this is a world in which you are very experienced in and you've brought it to a level that is very teachable and understanding um, and has allowed me to, to better understand it. And I had not a clue as to what it was when we were, when we were first getting going here. Yeah, and I, I also think there's opportunity to boil it down even simpler than I do, Molly. I, I really think like sometimes when I'm talking to people, I feel like I might be in the weeds, but like when it when it comes down to it, is like we are always working on continuous improvement, whether it's our personal lives, our work. Like we're always looking to do things better, right? Like yep. what pops into my head right away is I've done a lot of disc debriefs recently, right? Mm-hmm owners where it says always seeking new ways to do different things or you know we're it's in what we do yeah right so like it's you can overthink it just keep it that simple 
these are you, tools that will help. There's, I don't, I want to bring up, um, cause it, it's a, it was a simple exercise that you did. Um, and so I think it's, a, it exemplifies kind of this, this concept, uh, but at the grand summit, you had folks who came to your, your session, do an exercise around drawing um, a pig on a piece of paper, right? And what almost seems like a childish activity, I'm sure when you first introduced the concept, people like laughed, giggled, or like, what, what is this? But is that a way in which you, you were able to simplify the concept through this activity? Yeah. Yeah. So you, 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 you told everybody a general instruction, draw a pig. Okay. And then we put the instructions up on the screen. Okay. Right. And then you see much better pigs. Some people still struggled with that though. Right. So then that made me think as I'm going through it, how do you, so you give in general instruction, then you have it on the screen. How can you make it better? Could have made it better and more, more people successful at it by reading the instructions line by line to them. Interesting. Right? So like, you know, after I reflect on it, that could have took it to a whole new level if we had the time as well, right? Show me your pig by reading the screen, then let me do this and then you show me it. And it's progressive steps probably to like standard. The room had pictures that look very similar, if not exactly the same. Interesting. So kind of from the onset, it just, it shows how um, different levels or different ways of instructing can produce different or the same results. Yes, absolutely. The, so something so simple as that, it, it's just, it, it shows the larger picture of um, why, why your instructions, why the way we share instructions, by the way we communicate such plays such a big impact on how things turn out. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, in addition to that, I have the mindset of continuous improvement, right? So I said to myself after that, I'm like, what could I have done better? And I'm like, it probably would have been better if I read it line by line. So what would that have done? It would have kept people from looking up from their paper to look up and read a screen where they're hearing it and they're doing it at the same time. Yeah. yeah so it's just that, that, that perspective and that mindset of like, how could I have done it better? Well, I would say very much that here at NCG, we're a, we're a CI, a CI organization because we get back from a, an event like a grand summit and we all think about what, what worked, what didn't, how do we do better next year? Cause if we're not doing that, we're just being stagnant and that's good for nobody at the end of the day. Right. right. I agree. So Jim, so wrap us up here, bring us home. You know, we're at the, the very tail end of, of this series ending here with CI. Um, what are the last thoughts that you'd like to share with the group? Yeah. So don't be intimidated by this stuff. It's very, very simple. If, if, if someone like me does a good job at educating people and teaching them how to use these and training is the key, right? So training, just like anything else, our, our expertise in our company, we train, we get better at it. Same thing with this. Um, but continuous improvement should never, should always be held in the same regard as safety and everything else because it has a huge impact on your business, right? So it has an impact on our deliverables to customers, our, our, the things we do with our team members and our, our product. 
um, and our profitability, mm-hmm. of course. So just make it, you know, just, it's a commitment though. That's the biggest thing I can say. It's not, you know, I probably should have said this in the beginning. It's not something you start or do once and then walk away because then you lose the momentum. It's something that you got to say, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm driving it, right? You just keep focused. Yeah, well, and I applaud everyone who's continued to listen to this series, who listens to Out of the Hourglass, who listens to any podcast or audio book um, that encourages them to learn and grow more. I mean, all of the clients that we work with, I think just by working with a coach, they are living that CI culture because they are looking to improve upon themselves, their organization, um, their ways of doing things. Um, it's, I think it's hard to be a business owner or hard to be a successful business if you don't have a little bit of CI in you. Absolutely. You got You're it. probably not going to be successful if, right, there's, right. if, if, uh, if that hasn't been something that you have embraced to some degree. Right. There's just so much change in the yeah. world, right? Like, Things change and we have to adapt and pivot to stay up with whatever's changing. So it's, it's extremely important. And who knows what technology is going to look like in 5, 10, 15 years. So just embrace it because the the devices that we're working on now might look a little bit different um, in the future. And we're going to have to get on board for uh, for the the game to keep for us to keep playing the game. Right. Absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You bringing us into your world um, and kind of and sharing the lean concept with all of our listeners. I'm excited to see how this continues to play out um, with folks like who are in the field generals peer group. And I'm sure the homework that they're working on of identifying waste through, through Tim Woods, um, but seeing how, you know, our lean programming coming into Nolan Consulting Group and how we can work closer with clients um, and helping with them identify um, waste and providing, providing more value. Um, I'm sure we'll be back with more episodes in the future, lean or something else with you as as you're a, you're a great podcast contributor. So thank you. And to all of our listeners, if you would like to explore this concept more, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to our team. We are certainly welcome to speak with you. Jim, until next time. Absolutely, Molly. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.